Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer brother low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast for you as we're going to be keeping this one to two parts. In segment number one, we're going to be joined by Rob Donaldson. He does tremendous work over at his show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets. We're going to be taking a look at all four of these divisional series. We're going to be taking a look at all these games. And then in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys my picks, my analysis, my breakdown on all four of these MLB Divisional games as we touch them all. Not really going to have too much of an opening segment other than that interview just because I went through a lot of the situational spots on the podcast yesterday. Just friendly reminder that I went through why you want to be doing like series rollovers instead of trying to be able to go for a future right now. I just don't think that there's a lot of value there. I took a look at just with all these series where you might be able to find some value on even a team that you might not bet to win the series, just on a game-to-game perspective as well. So really went through that yesterday. I don't want to rehash it twice. I don't want to be just boring you guys, just trying to fill segments or anything like that. So we're just going to get right into the stake. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at gnet underscore one. Keep in mind, letters DM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way, that is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Let's dive into it. Rob does absolutely amazing work with his show slash podcast, breaking out a little bit of everything. And Rob, it's always great to have you aboard, and you're able to follow my next, by the way, slash Twitter, at RobDFB altogether. Rob, great to get you on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Greg. And hopefully this divisional round is a little bit more exciting than the wild card where we just saw 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, and then we get a couple off days. Yeah, if we get four sweeps here, that would be... Pretty rough to say the least, not just with regards to a game to game betting perspective, but just from a fun perspective. But how do you see these <laughs> series going? Because I do think that, to your point about seeing all those sweeps, I just don't think that we're going to be able to get that here. And I think that all four of these series, if you're a game to game better, they provide some very advantageous opportunities just with the way that teams had to utilize some of their top pitchers with regards to the wild card round 
meaning that someone like a Zach Allen doesn't have to face someone like a Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers, giving like the Diamondbacks a chance to be able to pick off a game or two, which is why I do think we're going to be avoiding sweeps with regards to this round of the playoffs. Yeah, and these are really fun matchups just from a stylistic perspective. I mean, you look at the Orioles and Rangers, that really does feel like, okay, both teams maybe have two guys who are reliable starters to maybe get you an edge in that game in the first five, six, maybe even seven innings. Outside of those other games, when you're just kind of filling in the entire that series, it's just going to be whose offense is better. And that's a fun aspect. And then you look at, you know, Atlanta and Philly. I mean, that's a rivalry we saw play out last season. And there was fireworks there too. I really like that this this slate is playing out the way that it is. And I really think we're in for a really fun divisional round here. Oh, I think so as well. And are there is there a series in general that you take a look and you think that there might be a little bit of value with regards to the underdog? Because I do think that we might be a little bit hard-pressed to be able to get an upset with regards to any of these four series. But I do take a look at things. And even though the Texas Rangers are the shortest underdog among these four series, I honestly think that the livest of live dogs, even though I don't think that they win this series, I will make that known right now. But (laughs) I do think that the most live dog right now is the Philadelphia Phillies, just because I think they're the second best team in the postseason to the team that they're facing right now in the Atlanta Braves. I'm 100% with you, and that would be my underdog pick to win this series, is the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I really do love their lineup construction. I think that across the board, they have righties and lefties who are swinging with pop and swinging with consistency. And when you look at the Braves, one thing that's just been kind of, you know, kind of nagging them throughout the season is hard hit percentages. And when teams can put the ball in play against them, you can score runs. And obviously the Braves offense is incredible. It's maybe the best offense we've ever seen. But at the same time, them scoring six runs could potentially lose them a game if their starter can't make it past six or seven. So I really do like the Phillies and I I do think they end up winning this series, actually. And I think that that is going to be such an interesting series to dive in on. As joining me on the show, we do have Rob Donaldson. He does great work with his show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets. And when it comes to this Phillies versus Atlanta Braves series, I'm not sure how you gauge being able to bet a series price, betting this game to game. But I do take a look at game number one. I do think that if you do like this series, unless if you have faith in Rangers Suarez, you might be best off betting this series after game number one, because with Ranger Suarez, he right now finds himself between a plus 170 to a plus 180 with Spencer Strider, right around minus $2, tad bit more, tad bit less, depending upon where you look at. I recognize that Spencer Strider has had his difficulties. I just don't think that this is necessarily the game where the Philadelphia Phillies have the world's best chance of being able to get it done. I look at them more when Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are going to be taking the bump, especially if you're able to get Nola at home. Yeah, this wouldn't be the game that I would bet on him. And I 100% agree. I would try to wait after this game and see if you can get, you know, the price where the Phillies are maybe down 0-1 in this series. Um, Just because even though I believe there's going to be some fireworks in this first game, I really do think the Phillies can get to Spencer Strider and vice versa. I think the Braves are going to be able to get the Rangers Suarez. It could play out where we see an 8-7 type ball game or maybe even some extras. That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, in terms of just kind of betting this series and kind of taking your perspective on how should I approach my betting to this Philly Brave series, I would wait after game one, see where things stand. And more than likely, even if the Phillies do win, you might be able to get a decent price on them to win the series outright. Yeah, absolutely. And you're still going to be able to get some good value being able to bet game to game as well. So I do think that there's a lot of ways to be able to slice it. And when it comes to 
this time of the postseason. Are you a little bit more of a series better or are you a little bit more of a game to game better? Because I am always someone that I'm not too much on the features. And personally, I did not play any of these series just because I am on a lot of the favorites. But do you find some underdog value from a game to game perspective like I was talking about? I think that Zach Gallen. With regards to the Diamondbacks, even though I think they lose the series, they're going to be able to steal one when he takes the mound and everything like that. How do you approach things with regards to your betting this time of year? I am the same way as you. I kind of stay away from the futures when it's this deep in the postseason. I think most of the value can probably be yielded when it's, you know, middle of the regular season around the trade deadline when you're betting on teams that potentially make the playoffs or miss the playoffs or do damage in the playoffs once they get there. Now these lines of, of for the futures on the, on the divisional round are kind of shallow and it's a stab in the dark where I don't think you really know how the, the flow of the series is going to play out, especially because, you know, you look at this Rangers Orioles game. We don't really know who the Rangers are going to toss out there. You know, we have some ideas in our head, but who knows? Maybe out of nowhere, Bruce Bochy decides, hey, you know, I'm going to try to throw Jordan Montgomery again, be really super aggressive, even though he just pitched, you know, a few days ago and see how long they can run him out there. We just really don't know how desperate these teams are going to get, who they're actually going to start in those games. And because of that, I love playing it game by game rather than betting the series as a whole. And you bring up something so interesting, and I am so glad that you brought up that Rangers versus Orioles game because (laughs) it's going to be Kyle Bradish who's going to be going for Baltimore. I felt like that was something that we could see coming. I just don't know why you would throw anyone other than Kyle Bradish who came number one if you're the Baltimore (laughs) Orioles, but with Texas – Like, I'm thinking we get Dane Dunning, but I don't see too much of a difference if you get Dane Dunning or Andrew Heaney. And as a matter of fact, if either of those two guys pitch, I could see the other one piggybacking off of one another. So you might actually get both guys in this one. But I do think that it is so interesting that you bring up perhaps having Jordan Montgomery go out there on short rest because right now I see a little bit of an edge on the Orioles with them being right around minus 142 in a lot of books. And if Jordan Montgomery does go... I just don't think I'd be upgrade, upgrading the Rangers too much because we've seen so often these pitchers on short rest just not be themselves. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Even if it is Jordan Montgomery and he is, you know, face value wise, the better pitcher out of Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney, even on short rest, I would probably still think Jordan Montgomery is the better starter of those three. That said, this is a lineup that's going to put the ball in play. And if he starts to fatigue early or if things start to go awry early, it could just be one of those games that looks like an absolute disaster at the end of it. Because of that and, and because of the uncertainty and maybe even getting a guy like Dane Dunning or Andrew Heaney, I love a fade spot through the first five innings. I mean, lay a run, lay, lay the half run with the Orioles or even lay one and a half runs through the first five innings and you're going to get plus value on all those lines. And I, I really do think there's a lot of value there. Yep, I think so as well. Joining me on the show, we do have our good friend Rob Donaldson. He does great work with his show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets. And I do think that this one is interesting as well. In the Twins versus Houston Astros game, Justin Verlander is going for Houston. Bailey Ober gets a start for Minnesota, which is interesting because we were thinking that if that Blue Jays versus Twins series was going to go to a game three, that would be Joe Ryan. Bailey Ober gets a start and Personally, I think that Bailey Ober is pretty comparable to Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan gives up a little bit more of the deep ball, but gets more strikeouts. And with going up against this Houston Astros lineup, you want to be mitigating hard contact as much as possible. Though I think we both agree Ober gives up some deep balls himself. But seeing this total at a 7.5, I'm not sure where you stand on this. And I typically do like to play a lot more unders with regards to postseason, but I find myself on a lot of overs for Saturday, and the one that I like the most here is being able to get a 7.5 in this spot with the way that the Twins hit in the final month of the season and the Astros 
just aren't the same team that they were last season and that now they've really relied upon their hitting here in the second half of the season. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting, and I'm actually leaning the other way um, in terms of that total potentially going under. And I'm mostly targeting the first five innings just because I think Bailey Ober is a really good ground ball pitcher and Justin Verlander, you know, in the postseason is just, it feels like a different animal when you're trying to deal with one of these big name guys who is going to be taking the ball and you know he's going to be taking the ball. That said, I do think the full game is a little bit more dicey because this Twins bullpen is really taxed, actually. Sonny Gray only went five innings. Pablo Lopez, I think, only went five or six innings himself, and they used about four or five relievers in that game alone. Um, in both games, actually, they used, I believe, five relievers. And so the Twins bullpen and Johan Duran, he might be getting tossed out there again if they're in a spot where they need to hold down a lead or hold a tie. And that can be really dicey, especially against a lineup like Houston. And, and like you mentioned, the Astros lineup has been absolutely red hot. And so have the Twins. But I think late in the game is where this thing could potentially blow up in terms of the scoring. But through the first five innings, I really do like targeting under there. With Bailey Ober, he did a very good job ever since he got recalled from the minors, which I don't know why he got called down to the minors. He had like one <laughs> or two bad starts. They decide they were going to throw him down to the minor leagues. Now, I will say in terms of starting pitching depth, the Minnesota Twins, they are a team that has quite a bit of it. And I don't know how you take a look at this series between Astros versus Twins. And I just have a tough time going up against the Astros because last time they didn't make the ALCS was in 2016. But I think this could be one of these series that goes five. And I think that there's going to be a lot of value betting game to game, both on the Astros a few times and on the Twins a few times. Yeah, and this Twins lineup just feels different because I don't know if it's veteran leadership or, or the spark plug that was Royce Lewis in this past year. I was about to say, well, Royce Lewis has been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he went from absolute bust to guy who's kind of on a nice little rebound track, and now he's just in Minnesota legendary stardom now. Uh, and I mean, deservedly so. When you're hitting home runs and, and, and doing everything in terms of fielding and stealing bags, I mean, you're going to really fall, or the, the city's really going to fall fall in love with you it'd be really fun if that continues into this series too and i absolutely agree i do think this is a series that could potentially go five and i think it's going to be a series where we see lead after lead given up just because of how volatile these offenses are or should i say just how strong these offenses are yeah and this looks like a really fun series on paper and i really do think it's going to play out that way too Yep, I think so as well. I have a tough time taking the Twins for the series, but I think that they're going to be able to push this to five. I think that there's going to be a lot of intrigue when you get Sonny Gray going on the bump. And we've seen the likes of Christian Javier from Rivaldas have their issues as well. I think that that's going to be able to lend for some opportunities as well as it's get great opportunities for great analysis when Rob Donaldson is the board. He's joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And the game that we have yet to really talk about is Dodgers versus Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are north of minus $2 favorites. And I feel like we're probably on the same boat here in that it's hard to lay minus $2 on the money line with the Dodgers and the way that the Dodgers have played the last few years. They win so many of their games by multiple runs. This is either an underdog with a plus number or a Dodgers run line play for me. But I do take a look at this, and typically I would love to back Merrill Kelly here, but I just noticed over the last few years, Merrill Kelly has always had his issues with the LA Dodgers. 
I'm not sure how you gauge this, but it's a very intriguing series. And one where I wish we got the Milwaukee Brewers because I felt like the Brewers could have taken down the Dodgers. I just don't think the Diamondbacks have that same firepower. You know, I'm right there with you. And it's really hard to kind of gauge how Merrill's going to perform because this is one of my favorite dudes to back in the regular season the past two, three, four years. And I really do think he carries a lot of value in regular season play. Maybe it's a little bit skewed because we kind of saw what happened to him in, in a big stage like the World Baseball Classic, for example, this summer where he was just getting absolutely lit up. And there's been some times where in big games and in pivotal games to potentially, you know, take a lead in the division or whatever else where he's kind of floundered. But it also wouldn't be surprised me if he goes seven innings strong and only gives up one, maybe two uh, earned runs. It's just really dicey to bet the Dimebacks in this game. And if you are kind of looking at an angle, I do like the under of a flat eight. I wish you know that hook was there for us just to kind of give us a little bit of leniency. But if you're kind of wanting an angle, I would definitely lean towards the under there. And with Clayton Kershaw, you could tell that the LA Dodgers, they were very much trying to ramp him up for the postseason because in his last few starts, he was only going about five or so innings. And how did you gauge how the Dodgers did use him towards back half the regular season? Because I could tell that out of pretty much everyone in the league, the Dodgers, they knew, all right, we don't have a lot of pitching depth. We have to make sure that Clayton Kershaw is still getting in some work, but we absolutely need him for the postseason. And I thought that that was actually a very smart approach that the Dodgers took towards back half of the season. 100% agree. And I think there was a cautionary tale kind of issued to the league, essentially, when Max Scherzer got pushed and then ended up getting hurt. And now you're talking about a playoff team without their you know, stud ace, the guy who's going to be taking the ball and the Dodgers idea of, you know, this cannot end in tears for us. So let's just maintain him. We know how Clayton's going to perform when it's time to perform and let's just keep him healthy. We know we're going to win this division. And I I really did like how they used him. It was a really good tune up and I think he's going to be full ready to go. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes eight or nine innings in this game. With Clayton Kershaw, I do think that he's ready to go and he's ready to be rock solid. And on top of that, I don't even think that you need Kershaw to be able to go A-plus innings because the Dodgers' bullpen was actually very good in the back half of the season. They were actually number one post-All-Star break with regards to bullpen ERA because they somehow, someway got Ryan Brazier from the Red Sox who looked terrible in Boston and just had a career renaissance out there in Los Angeles. So that's something that you do love to see. And something else that we always love is getting you on the show, Rob. You do such amazing work. Taking a look at the game of baseball. I know you're doing an incredible job on the football front as well. And we're about a month away from the college basketball season as well. So <laughs> we're coming up on a little bit of everything. Let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you. And everyone's able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, the best way to follow me would just be on X or Twitter. And that is at Rob DFB. Um, anything that I'm doing, that's cool. Whether it's an interview with you or going on a show or posting a video or posting pics, as it can all really be found on that one little central hub on Twitter there. And then if you want to listen to my actual video content and my podcast, you can go over to YouTube and just my name, Rob Donaldson. And that would definitely be the best way to keep in touch with me or keep tabs on me. But as always, Greg, really appreciate it. Love coming on, talking ball with you. And what a fun series, or hopefully what a fun round that we might be seeing here with MLB playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I will go out on a limb and say that we don't get four sweeps, unlike what we saw in the wild card <laughs> round. And if we do get four sweeps, then that would really be a buzzkill. But with Rob, he does absolutely incredible work. Taking a look at this game that we all know and love of baseball. He's been joining me all year long on this podcast. And every single time he joins this podcast, one tremendous insight. So big thanks, Rob, for joining me on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. 
And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this baseball Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. 
And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And as always, great to be joined by Rob Donaldson. Does a great job with his show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets, which you will find over on his YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Rob Donaldson. He has joined me on this podcast all throughout the MLB season. Always lends tremendous insights. He, much like myself, gas up for what is going to be a tremendous MLB postseason the rest of the way. And then he, much like myself, going to do some great work on the college basketball front after that. So big thanks to Rob for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on all four games on the betting board for this baseball Saturday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note know that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore D1. I have no idea why they structure it this way, but we've got a National League game between the Phillies and the Braves first, then the two American League games, and then we wrap things up out there on the West Coast. It's not in time order, so I have no idea why they ordered it this way, but it is what it is. Fortunately, with four games, it's pretty easy to be able to keep in sorts. So let's get things started with this first game. It is 901-902 on the betting board. The Philadelphia Phillies on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider goes for the Bravos. Ranger Suarez is on the bump for the Phils. And the Phils are anywhere between plus 170 and plus 182 underdogs. Anywhere between minus 195 to minus 205 is your number on the Braves. In half is the total. Over is between minus 110 to a minus 115. The under is between minus 105 to a minus 110. And Right now, I'm seeing the run line for the Philadelphia Phillies. If you're looking to get a run and a half, anywhere between minus 115 to a minus 120. If you've got the low end of that number at a minus 115, I'm willing to take a run and a half up to minus 115. I was willing to go up to about a minus 185 on that Braves money line. I would need more like a plus 116 or so to be able to lay a run and a half there because I do think that this is going to be a very competitive series, and I think that this is a series involving the best two teams remaining in the postseason. I've been very impressed by what I've been seeing on the Philadelphia Phillies, and with Ranger Suarez, certainly the full season numbers of a 4-1-80 RA, four wins, everything like that, the surface-level numbers aren't great, but what stands out to me about Ranger Suarez is that he's been a really good road pitcher. Ten road starts as far this year, 275 ERA, giving up four home runs in 59 innings, not a strikeout guy. Overall for the season, he was getting about eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but you'll notice on the road, that was fewer than eight strikeouts per nine innings. He does give up three plus walks per nine innings, but does a good job of being able to mitigate hard contact. Did not face off against the Braves at all this year, so I have not seen him at all. Meanwhile, with Spencer Strider, he does have his issues when he is at home. We've noticed that Truist Park is a ballpark in which you're able to send the ball out of there and at home, 435 ERA compared to a road ERA, more around a 336. At home, he gives up the same amount of home runs as he does on the road, about 1.05 home runs per nine innings. And certainly has been a very good strikeout guy, getting darn near 14 strikeouts per nine innings. But the Philadelphia Phillies, I feel like they can get to him a little bit. They had gotten seven runs off of him in 26 innings during the regular season. So Strider did have some success there, but... With the Phillies, they really have been playing their best baseball here in the months of August and September leading up to October because 
with the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Harper wasn't himself towards the beginning part of the season. Had just three home runs in his first 58 games of the season. You take a look at the back half of the regular season. Final 68 games. Pounds out 18 home runs. We saw what Trey Turner was able to do towards the back half of the campaign as well. He had that streak where he had 11 home runs in 14 games. It's gotten a little bit cold ever since then, but all in all, I like the way that he's been able to come to the forefront. Guy Kyle Schwarber has been able to pound out 47 home runs, quite a few bombs against the Atlanta Braves over the last few years, and you just take a look at the bottom of the fold as well. Guys like a Johan Rojas hitting a 300, a Brandon Marsh who's been able to give you about a 375 on base. They're not going to be able to carry every single one of these guys, but they've got a lot of guys like Brace and Sodden Company. They're able to move the line that have functional power. Meanwhile, for the Atlanta Braves, they do have the best lineup that you're going to find in the big leagues. I mean, there's no question about that. They are headliners of Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson with a combined 95 home runs with a 40 and 70 season for Ronald Acuna Jr. and for the Atlanta Braves. When you've got five separate guys with at least 33 home runs, all hitting at least a 274, all providing at least a 345 on base. That's rough. And then the bottom of the fold is guys like Eddie Rosario, John Murphy with 20 plus home runs. Doing a good job being able to move the line as well. So, I mean, the Phillies are going to be up against it, but this Philadelphia Phillies bullpen has been able to do a pretty rock solid job in their own right as you've got someone in Jose Alvarado who's been able to give you a sub two ERA this season. Jeff Hoffman, Matt Strom, they've been able to do a solid job holding down the fourth for the team. And for the Atlanta Braves, I like what I've seen out of Kirby Yates this year. Rossi Iglesias has been a pretty rock-solid guy as well. Coming into the postseason, though, the Philadelphia Phillies have been the bullpen in better form. For the Atlanta Braves, ever since July 1st, they're 11th of the league in terms of bullpen area. Phillies are actually number three in terms of bullpen area. Only the Brewers and the Dodgers did a better job in really the second half of the season with regards to that bullpen area. So I do take a look at this spot, and I think that the Braves, they should be pretty sizable favorites, but being able to get a run and a half at a minus 115 with the Phillies, sign me up there. Did sign my toll at an 8.6. I do think that the Phillies can get to Strider. I do think that the Braves also get theirs against the Philadelphia Phillies. So looking at the over and taking a run and half at a minus 115 with the Phils. 903-904 on the bank board. The Texas Rangers are on the road facing up against the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish goes for Baltimore. For the Rangers, it is to be determined. You've got numbers up on this game, though. The bookmakers have to do something with it. Got a total of eight. Overs between minus 110 to a minus 115. Unders between minus 105 to a minus 110. The Orioles are anywhere between minus 142 to minus 148 favorites. Anywhere between plus 120 to plus 132 is your number on Baltimore. This was an opener more around minus 130, and personally, I did gobble up that minus 130, but if you have yet to play this, I'm willing to go up to about a minus 155 on the Orioles on the money line. I am thinking we get Dane Dunning, but even if we get Jordan Montgomery, I'd be willing to slash it a little bit with regards to the Rangers, but I would still be setting the Rangers as probably about plus 145 or so underdogs because you would have Jordan Montgomery coming in on short rest. Now, if it is instead Andrew Heaney, that doesn't make too much of a difference because I could honestly very easily see Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney piggybacking off of one another because Heaney's actually been coming out of the bullpen for the Texas Rangers here in the back half of the season throughout much of the month of September. He was coming out of the pen because he is able to throw some gas. He's able to give you some strikeouts. But as you go deeper and deeper into a game, he gives up the deep ball a lot for his career. He's given up about 1.5 home runs per nine innings. And he's also backed up by a bullpen that stopping good to say the least this season. As for the Texas Rangers, Will Smith is getting way too jiggy with it. Well north of a... For ERA, I do like Jose LeClerc, Aroldis Chapman. These guys have a sub-3-3 ERA, but 
the world is gem, and how many times have we seen this guy not do the world's greatest job when he's been coming out of the bullpen in the postseason? So there's that. Josh Shavoris is able to give you a few okay innings, but hard to have a lot of faith there. And even with the Baltimore Orioles dealing with the injury to Felix Bautista, you saw Vianir Cano. He's seen a little bit of regression here in the second half of the campaign, but still was able to provide a 211 ERA during the season. Got the guys like D.L. Hall, Danny Colomb, Jacob Webb. They've been able to provide some solid innings. And for the Baltimore Orioles, just a whole is greater than the sum of its parts team. You don't necessarily have that one batter that is going to instill a bunch of fear into you, but you got Gunnar Anderson, Anthony Santander that both give you 325 on base with 28 home runs. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. They both have a 325 on base. They both have 28 home runs. Identical numbers. So they've been able to do that as it's just a lineup that you don't get a break in because typically throughout the season, you've been noticing Adley Rushman at the leadoff spot. They've been using a little bit more Gunnar Anderson recently, but Rushman is really your top guy with regards to on-base percentage other than Aaron Hicks who came over from the Yankees, Hicks and Rushman both right around about a 375 to a 380 on base. And then from there, you've got so many guys like Henderson, Santander, Ryan O'Hearn, Ryan McKenna, Austin A's, Ryan Moncastle, all in that neighborhood about a 315 to a 330 on base. Nobody really above that, really nobody below that other than like Jordan Westberg at about a 311. And they all have Functional power, not great power, but you know, we get a couple bombs out of the likes of Ryan O'Hearn, Ryan Mountcastle, and company. And I do think that the Orioles are going to be able to do a good job of matching up against the Texas Rangers team that they just don't hit the same when they're on the road rather than when they're at home. They were able to do a solid job in front of tens of fans in Tampa, and I don't necessarily blame the fans. I blame the location, the situation, what have you, that was happening there, as there is a lot of very good Tampa Bay Rays fans out there, so I don't want to be throwing any slander there, but for the Texas Rangers, you do notice quite a bit of a fall off when the team is on the road rather than when they're at home. They hit the most home runs at home among American League teams. Meanwhile, when they were on the road, it was a case where they averaged just over a home run per game. You still have a lot of guys that are able to rip the cover off the ball, and if the Rangers want to, they could drop their, out there a lineup where eight out of the nine guys in there had at least a 255 average during the regular season, with the outlier being Adolis Garcia with 39 bombs and 107 RBI. Corey Seager gets the home run every about 14 or so at bats, 390 on base. At the leadoff spot, Marcus Simeon, 29 bobs, 100 RBI, 350 on base. So you go down the list because you've got so many guys that are sort of in that fold of just under 20 home runs, but north of 13 home runs, like Ezekiel Duran, Mitch Garver, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, all these guys between 14 and 19 home runs, hitting about a 258 to a 270. These guys are all very formidable, but I do think that Kyle Bradish going to be able to do a good job as he in the second half of the season was really able to come to the forefront as I mean, pre-All-Star break, he did have his issues, but if you take a look at things from July on, he was able to supply about a 220 ERA, did a really nice job of being able to mow them down, comes in in very good form. At home this year, a 223 ERA, giving up about 0.7 home runs for nine innings. It's still been solid on the road, but certainly has been able to do his best work when he's been in Baltimore, and I do think that the Orioles should be able to get the job done. I'm willing to lay, considering it's probably going to be Dunning and or Andrew Heaney, about a minus 155 with the Orioles, and at an 8.5 for less, I'd be taking a look at the over, and it would take a nine or more for me to take a look at the under, as I really don't have faith in the duel of Dunning and Orhini. Now we have my DK Network right to pick. This is 905-906 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins hit the road to face off against the Houston Astros. Justin Verlander goes for the Shows, and Bailey Ober is on the bump for the Twins. 
The Twins find themselves as underdogs of anywhere between plus 130 to plus 144. Anywhere between about a minus 152 to a minus 156 is your number on East at 7.5 is the total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105 to a minus 115. Seeing one straight eight out there with the under at minus 120 in the over at even, but whether you've got 7.5 or 8, my right-up pick is going to be on the over. I was willing to take an over as long as this was an 8 or less. I might tell it at an 8.4. Justin Verlander throughout his career has had some shakiness during the postseason. A career 364 ERA and for Justin Verlander, he had his fewest amount of strikeouts really since the 2008 season with 7.7 strikeouts for nine innings. Posted up overall for the year, a 3.22 ERA and a 3.85 fielding independent to go along with it. Still does a solid job of not giving up a lot of walks, but he faces off against the Minnesota Twins team that has been white out with regards to their bats. If you take into account the two postseason games that they did play, the Minnesota Twins in their last 30 games, dating back to September 1st, they're averaging six runs per contest, and Royce Lewis has been just Mr. Magnificent for this team. He has come up with about 225 at-bats regular season and postseason, and he's got 17 home runs in that span. He has been absolutely tremendous, and this has been a Twins team that has been drastically different when he's been in the fold rather than when he has been out of the fold. Now, the one thing that you do fear with the Twins is that throughout the season, they hit about 20 points lower with their batting average when they were on the road rather than when they were at home, but I think that the Twins are starting to find just those right guys with regards to the lineup because you had four guys during the regular season that hit at least 18 home runs for the Twins. Carlos Correa, Max Kepler, Michael A. Taylor, Joey Gallo. These guys were just unable to move the line. The guys that were moving the line was Lewis, along with Edward Julian, Matt Walner, Ryan Jeffers, Donovan Solano, all these guys giving you north of 365 on base, and they're really the guys that got the at-bats towards the second half of the season. At Corday Polanco was able to make some nice contributions for the team as well, so I do like the way that the Twins have been able to find themselves with regards to that offense, and for the Twins, they do have some liabilities with regards to the bullpen. They are 17th of the bullpen with regards to ERA since the beginning of the month of July in terms of ERA. You do have a few guys like a Cody Funderburk, Emilio Pagan, Brock Stewart that have been able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA and Yuan Dodan. I mean, this guy is an absolutely tremendous closer if you're able to get to him, but for Bailey Ober, do have some question marks with him. Having to go up against a Houston Astros team that since the beginning of the month of June, they have been the top-scoring team in the American League. With Bailey Ober, he has been able to do a very solid job of being able to keep things out in front of him with the walks. Nine strikeouts to 1.8 walks per nine innings, but he does give up quite a bit of hard contact, giving up about 1.4 home runs per nine innings. He certainly has his issues on that front. Home and road splits aren't necessarily too dramatic with him, but now he has to go up against an Astros team that you've got so many guys that have been able to rip the cover off the ball all season long. Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, a combined 60 home runs between the two of them, both being able to give you north of a 365 on base, and in the case of Alvarez, north of a 400 on base, Jose Altuve, ever since he has come back in the fold, he has been absolutely tremendous for the team as well, giving you a home run every about 18 to 19 at best, about a 395 on base, and even some of the lesser guys that you don't think about, someone like a Mauricio Dubon hitting a 275, Yanir Diaz hitting about a 280 with 23 home runs at about 355 at-bats. These guys have been able to do a tremendous job. They do a great job against both righties and lefties as well, which I think is very big in this sort of an ordeal with the Astros. They do have a little bit of shakiness with their bullpen. You've had Rafael Montero be better in the second half of the season, but certainly you've had some question marks there. Ryan Presley at the closer spot has had his issue 
issues as well. The likes of Kendall Graveman, Brian DeBrayu, Phil Maton, Hector Neres. I've been able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA, but I do think that Verlander gives up a little bit of contact here. I do think that the Twins are going to have a little bit of a rough go of it with regards to their bullpen as well. So my DK Network right to pick is going to be on this total over. And if you are taking a look at the run line of the Houston Astros, you're getting it between a plus 135 to a plus 140. When you get more of those trustworthy starters like Sonny Gray and company, I wouldn't be willing to lay the run and half. Being able to get this sort of a number, I needed at least a plus 120 to be able to lay that run and half. I'm going to be willing to do so to go along with the write-up pick of the over. And we wrap things up with 907-908 on the bang board. The years and the Diamondbacks at the red face-off against the LA Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers. Merrill Kelly is on the bump for the Snakes. As with the Arizona Diamondbacks, find them any between plus 164 to plus 180 underdogs. Between minus 195 to minus 205 is your number on the Dodgers. It is a total unders between minus 105 to minus 115. The over is any between minus 105 to minus 115 as well. And if you're looking at the run line of the Dodgers, find that between even money and plus 105. Any sort of a plus number really does it for me. I need at least a plus 103 personally, and typically with run lines, you go up in increments of five cents. So seeing the plus 105 out there on the Dodgers run line, I'm going to be willing to bite in. The big reason why I'm willing to trust the Dodgers on the run line is that this team, year in and year out, they always show that they're willing to cover this run line. Now, I recognize that the postseason's a little bit of a different animal, but 100 regular season wins this year for the LA Dodgers. 16 came by one run. Last year, they had north of 100 wins, and just 14 of those came by one run as well. So this Dodgers team, they do a really good job on the run line. You've got such a fearsome offense with a trio of guys, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Max Muncy, all being able to pound out at least 33 home runs for this team. They do such an incredible job of being able to move the line, and they're number one in the big leagues with regards to walks drawn on a per at-bat basis, which I think is big because Merrill Kelly just always seems to lose command when he's on the road, and I think that that's a big reason why he's had his career struggles against the L.A. Dodgers. For Merrill Kelly, a career-high 3.5 walks per 9 innings this year, was able to get 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, so credit where credit is due, 329 ERA compared to a 385 Field independent and for Merrill Kelly comes in in good form. Two runs are fierce rendered in four out of his last five starts, but I do have my question marks here because I was mentioning a little bit before the fact that Merrill Kelly just throughout his career feels like he always has issues with this LA Dodgers team, which I'm pretty sure a lot of guys have issues with this LA Dodgers team. Let's call it what it is, but that said, in his career, 16 starts against the Dodgers. His decisions record is 0 and 11 with a 549 ERA. He's given up about 1.4 home runs per nine innings. That is not great. That is not great at all. And he's backed up by a bullpen of the years and the Diamondbacks. They're actually top three in the big leagues ever since the beginning of the month of September. If you lump in there their postseason numbers, they've got a sub three ERA in that time span. Actually, it's much better than a sub three ERA. I'm completely underselling them as you do have for the season. Guys like a Miguel Castro, Luis Frias, Jose Ruiz. These guys have north of a four ERA here in the final month. Plus, they've been much better. I do like what I've seen out of Andrew Selfrank as well. Andrew Selfrank in his career has yet to give up a run. It's absolutely insane, but I do think that now that they're facing off against the LA Dodgers, it's going to be a little bit of an issue. And then you've got Clayton Kershaw, who he just has pitched so well in Los Angeles this year. Ten starts in Los Angeles, not necessarily the world's biggest sample size, only 57 innings, but he's been able to do a nice job with a buck 50 80 ERA, but inserting a buck 80 off of him at home, he's been able to get 10 strikeouts per nine innings. And I do think that with the Arizona Diamondbacks, you've got to have your question marks with this offense. They were able to put up 11 runs in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers across two games, but they had scored four runs or fear in their previous five games. 
going into the postseason. And we have seen a little bit of a fall off with really the bottom half of this lineup in the second half of the season, along with Christian Walker. Christian Walker was able to rise up in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. He was able to do a nice job with that three-hit game in game number one. But if you take a look at the last 35 days, he's given you about a 290 or so on base percentage, only three home runs in that time span. Now you've got a trio of guys, Lourdes Gurriel, Quintel Marte, Corbett Carroll, that all provide 24 to 25 home runs during the regular season with Marte and Carroll. Both of these guys being able to supply about a 360 on base as well. But the fall off of Geraldo Perdomo, Alex Thomas, guys like this, Evan Longoria, that is something that I do think that is something to keep in mind. I will say Evan Longoria, obviously a guy with a lot of postseason experience, but when you're lying upon somebody like Jace Peterson at the bottom of the fold, that's not necessarily a place where you want to be. The LA Dodgers with the likes of James Elman and company at the bottom of the fold, being able to have Jason Hayward find a way to move the line. I just think that the Dodgers have much more depth there, and I think that this is a bad matchup for Merrill Kelly. I did something I told at 8.1. Clayton Kershaw, I do think he's going to give up a few runs, and I do recognize that this Dodgers team has the best bullpen in the big leagues ever since the beginning of the second half of the season, ever since the All-Star break. Ryan Brazier since he's come over from Boston, a sub-2 ERA, and then you've got Guys like in Evan Phillips, Shelby Miller, Bursauder Gratterall, Caleb Ferguson, and with all these guys, sub-3 ERA coming out of the fir- bullpen for Ferguson. He's got north of a 3 ERA. That's because he had a few opens in which just did not go right. So when you actually trot him out there in the bullpen, he's actually relatively solid. But that said, I do think that runs are going to be scored, and I think that most of them are going to be by the Dodgers. Getting a plus price on that Dodgers run line. Could be willing to lay that run in half to go along with the 8 over, and that will wrap things up. For the uh, Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my X timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, Lurzy M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.